Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah. So um, one thing I find out this month is, um, which makes a lot of sense, which connect a lot with the topic we're going to be talking about this week, um, today. Um, this whole month, this whole series, it's about training. But I also find out, um, I knew about it, but I forgot that the month of October, October is leadership, uh, pastor's month. Uh, leaders, more so pastors, like the whole fivefold. So, um, which makes a lot of sense uh, when we talk about leadership, especially in the, in the, you know, in, in the concept of ministry. It is, ministry can be a lot, and I'm going to just tell you that. <laughs> you know, ministry can be a lot for, you know, as a leader, it is a lot of, there's a lot of responsibility. So, um, I want you guys to just take like 30 seconds, just to give, give it up for our leaders, those that, are, that the Father has placed to, to feed you the word, to spend time every morning. Not for me. You don't have to do it for me. But for those, it, it takes a lot. Uh, and I definitely wanted to say this to Apostle and Dr. Hardy and every, uh, to Ola and all of uh, Terry, uh, every single one of you guys, whoever, you know, step forth on this stage, it is, you know, I'm very much honored. You know, I, I want to encourage you because it is a lot. It can be a lot to put in a message, you know, uh, in Apostle. I, I, I honor to walk in that, <laughs> to, to walk in that shoes of yours because it's, uh, it, it takes a lot. Every week it takes a lot to put on a message. So, and I know this month they're celebrating all the pastors, Apostle. So I definitely wanted to celebrate you as well um, because, um, uh, like the word says, Paul says he labor. So ministry is one of those things you don't get to retire. So you just start it and then it's just endless. <laughs> it is an endless journey, you know. You can start a corporate, you know, corporate job, you know, a job or whatever that you're doing. You can come to a place and a time and say, you know what, I'm going to stop. But, you know, we don't stop the calling. <laughs> the calling stops when we go to heaven. <laughs> so it's... Uh, I, I, I definitely wanted to encourage those. Um, like Paul says that, you know, he labors with, with them until Christ is forming them. So um, the only time we can stop doing ministry is when everybody fully conforming to the image of Christ. And we know that's not a, that's, that's a continuous thing. So I definitely wanted to honor those of you that, you know, that the Father has called and every single one of us that in whatever areas in your life that the Father called you, whatever mountain that he calls you, because we are all pretty much, you know, leaders, which is pretty much what we're going to be talking about. We are all called and we are all leaders. We are all born leaders. You know, the Father has an assignment for every single one of you know, of you, whether it's in the fivefold, whether it's in the seven mountain, you know, or whether it's just in a different department, you are still called to lead. You're called to lead in your household, in your business. First, you're called to lead yourself. <laughs> you're first called to lead yourself. So, so we, uh, and pretty much today, that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, our title message today is Servant Leadership. So um, last week, the past two weeks, we've been pretty much talking about different types of training. And last week, pretty much, we talked about the heart and the eyes, uh, having a heart and a sight uh, to serve. 
you know, and that what pretty much is is um, having a heart to truly serve people. Because when we're talking about training, um, it's not just training to do, but it's a, it's a whole spectrum of it. You, your heart has to be right. Your sight has to be right. Pretty much when you see people, you don't serve them according to how you see them, but you serve them according to humility and love and the compassion that the Father has placed in your heart. So that way we don't necessarily just, we don't do it. We don't pick and choose, but we serve the same way Jesus did. Amen? But today, uh, we're going to try to make it very, very short for you. Manushka, um, <laughs> stop. Um, <laughs> she's coughing in the back. <laughs> servant, so servant leadership, when we talked about servant leadership, it's pretty much a concept of it pretty much breaks down a characteristic, the character, a true character, of a, uh, the characteristic of a true leader, one that is called in the body, one that is called to lead. And there's actually three parts we're gonna try to break it down for you. Uh, the first part is the leadership aspect of it. The second part is the servitude aspect of it, which is the serving part. And then we're gonna, the third is gonna be the leadership servitude, you know, um, aspect of it. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? There we go, there we go. So. Leadership. Um, when we talked about leadership, often we can sometimes feel like, okay, we're not necessarily called to lead because, hey, you know what, I'm not the one giving, you know, barking orders or giving orders, so I'm not necessarily called to lead. I'm just, hey, you know, I'm just a follower. But in true, the, the reality of this is that God predestined all of us to lead, just in different levels just in different areas and different departments, but we are all called to lead. We are all born, we are all natural born leaders. Amen? We are all natural born leaders. When the Father created us through his image and his likeness, so he literally gave us exactly what he, what he is, a, a replica. He just copied himself and he places on earth. And we know that he was not a follower. Jesus was not a follower. Amen? He was not a follower. He was a leader. Amen? So if, we, if he came to demonstrate to us who we are in Christ, his demonstration, we have to follow him and mimic him in every aspect. Not just the things that he does or not the thing that he did, but also his characteristic. Amen? Because when you're mimicking someone, when you're following someone, you don't just pick and choose. I would hope you don't pick and choose some parts. Okay, I'm going to pick this, I'm going to pick that. No, you pick in, well, in a worldly perspective, yes, I guess we can say that. But we were talking about the Heavenly Father who is within us, Christ is in us, his spirit is within us. We literally have to mimic the fullness of him. Amen? So in Genesis, so this is the first part we're going to try to break down for you, the leadership aspect of it. So in Genesis 1, verse 26 to 28, it talks about this. It goes like this. Um, then God said, let us make men in our image. And we know we understand very well um, what image. When we talk about the image, is their character, their mindset, their, um, their, their heart. You know, their will. So this is, he's talking about, okay, let's let make men in our image. 
after our likeness. And for those of you, I mean, you know, we, you know, we know likeness is what? The spirit man. To rule over the fish of the sea and the bird of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth itself and every creature that crawls upon it. So God created men in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be what? Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, rule over it, rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and every creature that crawls upon the earth. And the first aspect of leadership is pretty much dominion, dominating, ruling over things. And also, and one thing we can actually, we identified in this, <laughs> throughout all these things, he's pretty much giving us the things that he's giving us dominion over. Because a lot of time we can confuse that. You know, we were trying to do one thing and then we say that this is what the father told us to do. But no, he told us exactly what to do. He gave us dominion over earth, fruits, animals, all these things. But he never talks about human beings. But one of the other things he also gave us dominion over was what? Ourselves. So when we talked about leadership, the first aspect of true leadership is dominion over ourselves. Your will, how you think, your mind, your emotions. Nobody can help you with that. You have to be able to control your emotions. Over the world. So a certain things that is not happening, and that's why I think even in prayer, when we talk a lot of time about, we pray about dominion. We always, what do we do quite often here in Divine Generation? We ask what? For his kingdom to what? Because that's part of our dominion. He's giving us authority to dominate what? The world. So he, in, in order for us to do that, we have to invite it. Because, of course, he gave us that permission. He gave us that authority. He says to, to, to dominate the world. So if we're not dominating the world, whose, whose fault is that? It's our fault. So he says to dominate the world, we dominate. When, and when the, the, when the Bible talks about dominate the world, we, that includes the kingdom of darkness. Every industry, because that's part of the world. Everything you can think of is part of a system of the world. He gave us dominion over it. And how we do that is through invitation of his kingdom. So now we're talking to this. Is, we're still in the aspect of leadership. He gave us dominion to be fruitful. So that's your legal right as a child of God. He gave you dominion to be fruitful. That's including your finance. To take over the land. Prosperity. Anything that is an aspect of fruit. He gave you dominion. He says, no, you, you are a natural born leader. I create you to be. He predestined you. It's not something, you, yes, we can because we have lost our identity. And Jesus had to restore that 
Originally, we would have just been able to just, when, when Adam was born, he just, the father just automatically gave him authority over all these things. But because we lost that connection, we had to restore that. The only reason why we train is because we lost our original authority. And Jesus brought that back. So he gave us that authority back. So now we have to relearn. That's what repentance is. Relearning the always. The, what we should have always known from birth, we lost it. So now we have to be trained to, we have to come to that knowledge again. And it's fine. But nevertheless, as we are, the more, like the word says, that we prosper as our soul prosper, the more we coming to the knowledge, the more we putting in us the information that we need, the more we learning of him, the more our soul is coming to the same level as our spirit being, which is Christ, because Christ is in us. Christ is in us. The word, the more we be, our soul is becoming like that, is the more dominion we can this is the, it's the more authority, the more dominion we can take over the world. One of my favorite verses, it talks about how the earth, nature, the world is waiting, is groaning. And I'm not going to do this, that, that sound. The world is groaning for us to come to the full knowledge of the fullness of who we are. Because that authority is in us. But it's like, man, okay, they just don't know. Okay, let's, let's try to work with them. So the world is waiting for us to come to the knowledge so that we can take authority to dominate all these areas, to be fruitful. And one of the things that Jesus did was, okay, you know what? I'm going to show you what this looks like. The word says that, you know, the word came to flesh and we saw it, the glory of it. We saw it, how it manifested. So we pretty much, because Jesus is our brother, first of many brethren, and he came to show us what a true son looks like. That's our brother. Okay, you know what? You lost your identity. You lost it. But this is what it looks like. Let me show you the steps. So what he did was he operates on miracles. He operates in signs and wonders. He stopped the wind. He's showing us, okay, you know what? This is the level of authority we have over nature, over the earth. When he speaks, he, he told that tree to just, he cursed that tree. He said, so you know what, you can tell that mountain to move because he's able to do that. When the guys, when, when the disciples were like, they were amazed by the things that he was able to do. And Jesus was like, um, this is what we all should be able to do because that is our nature. It's like telling a singer, it's like being fascinated by Shanika Singh. Oh my God, you can sing? Oh my God, you sound good. You should not be amazed by it because she is a singer. That's what singers does <laughs> since birth, right? Or a fish can swim. Like, oh, man, okay, this fish can actually swim. That's awesome. <laughs> or a bird can fly. Oh, my God, flying birds. Where are that? That's our natural state. That's who... That's, who we were predestined to be from the get-go. So the Father, Jesus came, he said, you know, okay, Father, let me restore this. Let me show them how to do this. So he's demonstrating what true leadership looks like. He's demonstrating what true leadership, what you should do. This is your natural organ, your natural ability. 
And one other thing with, in regards to even when the concept of dominating, remember, as leader, we dominate, but we dominate in different areas. So first, when we dominate ourselves, remember, like throughout all these things, he never put human beings. The Father doesn't give us authority to dominate, to control other people. That is manipulation. That is witchcraft. When you're tricking people into doing what you desire them to do, that is witchcraft. That's when you fall in a place of like witchcraft. And perfect example of that, because Adam wasn't dominating his mind, he was able to be controlled to do what he shouldn't have been doing or what he wasn't supposed to do. When you're not dominating, when you're not doing what you're supposed to do, what you were originally created to be. Remember, a fish is by nature, that's all he does, swimming. As human being, by nature, we are born to lead, we are born to dominate, to rule over. First ourselves in the world. When we are not doing that and we're allowing somebody else to control your mind, to do what the Father did not tell you to do, then you fall out of order, which is what Adam did. The father called him to dominate himself, but then he allowed what? We're not going to talk about that. That's not what our message is about. But I just want to let you know, and that happens in every aspect. If you're not leading yourself, if you don't know, then somebody else is going to lead you to a place that you're not supposed to be. Which go back to now, which go to our second part of this of leadership, which is visionary. As a leader, you must have a vision because a person can lead you wrong when you don't have a clear vision of wh where you're supposed to be. If you don't know what you're supposed, what you're created to be, then anybody can lead you wherever they feel like you should be. Amen. But when you have a clear vision as a leader, then you have a clear path. Okay, I'm going to hop on this bus because I'm going to Atlanta. I'm going to be in this ministry because this is where the Father sent me, and I'm supposed to grow there. Amen? I'm going to be in this job for this amount of time because this is where the Father told me to be because I'm supposed to get something. But when you don't have a vision for yourself, like the Word says, without a vision, what happened? And we all are born with a vision, the father predestined, meaning before you even, you were even conceiving your mother's room. He's not talking about time and space, eternity, in eternity. When it was only just the father and the son, it was a God conversation. In that God conversation, you were right in the middle of it. It was all about you. And the God conversation, they were all talking about you. And I just want to say this right now in this very moment, there's some conversation about you, about some opportunity coming right in your life. Right in your life, just right now. I'm, I'm just going off chest a little bit. The Father dropped it in my spirit. In this very moment, there is some conversation that you didn't even ask for. It's taking place right now in your favor, in some rooms in your favor. Hallelujah. So I say that to say, there are some, there are, when the Father created us, he had a plan. 
and he gave us a vision. He says, you know what? No, this is, you got to have a clear vision. He predestined us. So part of your vision as a leader, one that is called to lead itself first, is you must have a set goals. you got to have a purpose. Know your purpose on this earth. Have a clear picture of where you're going. And when you have all those things, then it gives you a set, a clear direction. Many times the reason why we delay where things doesn't happen in life is because we're just living. We just hear it. Hey, whatever happened, happened. That is not how a God should react. That is not how a child of God, one that the Father took so much time, etiquette time, to literally to put every little details in your life. The Father is so details about you. How is it not you're not details about your life? Does that make sense? The creator is very detailed about every little bit of thing. Every hair in your head is, is count. Every breath you take is count. But yet, you don't have details about your life. It's contradicting his purpose. It says once you, once you know your purpose, you need to develop a picture of the future so that you, so that everyone, so that you know and everyone know where you're going. As a leader, if you're leading people, we all need to know where we're going. If you're leading your family, we need to know where we're going. If you're leading your household, your children, okay, this is, we do this because this is where we're going. Because otherwise it's going to be perished, it's going to be crumble. We can't just take on assignment, do job, do things when, you know, just out of nowhere, because that can easily disrupt your whole plan, your whole vision. Why would I take an assignment to work at, let's say, at, 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 at McDonald's? When, and with the, at, that, at McDonald's, I'm working eight hours a day. But then, the father called me to spend eight hours a day to study so that I can bring the word. That's something that I have to lift out. It's either I work that, that job or I get a no word. But be mindful that that job is just a temporary. It was not part of his assignment. His assignment, though it may not seem like it being fruitful right now, but this is what he called you to do. Why would you take an assignment? Why would you do something? Why would you go on a trip? Why would you be friends with people that will literally disrupt you or distract you or remove you from the plans of God in your life? If two people are not going in the same direction, When two people are not going in the same direction, that literally creates confusion. It's either one going to miss out. So you have to be very, very mindful about the things, the plans that the Father have in your life. Okay, because he's very detailed. If he tells you to be with someone, if he tells you to get in a relationship, if he tells you to start a business, if he tells you to start a family, even starting a family it has to make sense with his timing. Jesus could have came any other time. Jesus could have born any other time, but the father waited for a specific time. 
specific time, with a time that makes sense with the kingdom. With a time that match up. So the Father's very details. Often we can be frustrated and say, man, okay, Father, okay, when is this going to happen? But the Father's trying, waiting for the right time because it's all in line with his plan. Amen? If you don't have a compelling vision to serve, the only things they have to serve is their own self-interest. What that pretty much means is when you don't have a vision, you just start doing anything that just please yourself. If you don't have a clear vision of what the Father calls you to do, you're just going to start doing anything. You're just going to start, hey, you know what? You start planning your days without no vision. You know, that's why a lot of time a lot of plans don't work. A lot of plans often don't work because it, makes, it's, it looks pretty in the paper, but it's completely opposite with the plans of God for your life. But because you don't know what that plan is, you just, man, okay, why is this not working, Father? You know, or sometimes we don't even ask him. We're just like, man, okay, we just read about a book. says, okay, we got to set plans, set goals, vision board. All of that is pretty. But it has to make sense with his plan for our lives. Amen? Vision. As a leader, it must have vision. Must have a direction. In divine generation, we have a vision. We know where we're going. What are we becoming? We are becoming children. We are revealing God as a father. We know, okay, at the end of the day, if I stick in this church for two years, for long enough, I'm going to be conforming into who? At the end, if I stick around long enough and stick to the plan, the strict diet that they've given me, can be a strict diet, yeah. Practice righteousness, I promise you, at the end of the day. By the time you leave this place, you're going to be conforming into the image of Christ. I remember a pastor saying, you know, we may not be at least 100, but at least 80. <laughs> That's what a vision looks like. You join, you write down, okay, at the end, this is what this going to look like. Amen? And Jesus was a perfect example. He came, he had a plan. Okay, the Father sent me for this. He didn't take up an assignment. He says, you know, I only did what the Father told me, what I saw the Father told me to do. So he was very particular about those things because he knew he had a, he had a period of time to do it. He knew that there was a, he had a vision. He was sent to save humanity. So he, he couldn't spend his whole time, <laughs> you know, messing around with people that wasn't going the same direction. You know what he did? He took 12 people. And you know, oh, okay, we're going the same direction? Okay, let's go. Let me surround myself with people that understand the vision that God has given me. Make sense? Because we can lose the vision when people that are in your circle don't have it. When you surround yourself with too many people that don't have the same interests, you know, with you in life. No wonder a lot of time you find a lot of people that does a certain things. Like if a person is a musician, 99% of the time, most of their friends <laughs> are musicians. If a person is an attorney, best believe it, half percent of their friendship, of, of their friends are attorneys. Doctors, the same way. 
Because, okay, okay, I can have a conversation with you. Seems like we're going in the same place. So you have to even guide your anointing with that, you know? So the second aspect of um, leadership, we're still in the leadership aspect, is, um, is servant. So the first aspect we said is of leadership is to dominate and vision as a leader. And the sec- second aspect of leader, servant leader is, um, is servant. So the servant aspect is pretty much, it talks pretty much, it's in regards to implementing the things that the Father has given you. You're implementing, you're executing, you're acting on it, and most importantly, you're serving it. Because often we have, there's a concept of leaders when the traditional world, when we hear leaders, when we hear leadership or somebody that is in position to lead, we automatically think about, again, barking orders. Just you do, you do, you do, you do. You follow me. I, you do what I say. But the truth of the matter is a true leader is a servant is one that serves their gift, their calling, whatever the Father called them to do, they take it and then serving it to the world. The Father called me to do this, okay, I take it, I master, I train on it, I do what I need to do, and now I'm serving it. Amen? Because often when we come with the mindset, of, okay, I'm just going to, this is what the Father gave me, I'm just going to bark orders so that you can follow me, or I'm going to say what you, I'm going to trick you into you complying with the vision, then that's manipulation. But when we have a clear vision, when we have a clear vision, a clear understanding where we're going, then we can easily serve it. And servitude is really just having a heart to serve people. The Father called you to be a musician, you're serving that gift to the world to make it an impact in a good way. The Father calls you to, to be a good chef. You serve that food. you enjoying. You want to see a person eat healthy. You know, it's not just about the money. Okay, I'm just going to make a quick, you know, one million. No, you're serving that and seeing the joy in somebody's life, seeing how that impact. Amen? Serving others through your gift. Is the greatest commodity of the Father. It's always about people. Whatever that he give us, it's always in regards to people. In Matthew 20, verse 27 and 28, I love this. Uh, we have the whole chapter, but I'm going to break it down a little bit. And I'm going to go back to the rest of the um, chapters. But I'm going to break it up just a little bit. It says, whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as the son of men did not come to be served, what did he do? But to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. That says it all. I can actually stop preaching. It says, whoever, if you desire to be the best at what you do, if you desire to just serve it, just serve that gift. 
serve that gift with the right heart. Not just serving it because you're expecting, but serving with the right heart. And I love this. Jesus says, you know what? The son of man did not come to be served. He didn't come so that people can actually follow him and just do what he does or do what he's, do, just do what he says. Like taking bark, barking orders or receiving. No, he actually came to serve them. And through the servitude, people see, people saw how good what he had to offer was and they just follow. They just follow First, because he knew what he was called, because he already knew that he was God. So he was demonstrating. He was demonstrating his gift. You know how he was demonstrating his gift? He was demonstrating healing. He was demonstrating just preaching. He was demonstrating when he spoke to somebody's life, their life changed, their heart changed. Especially those that want it. Because some, you know, some people you can't change their mind. And those were the Pharisees, of course. Some people you just can't change their mind. That means you were, you were not called for them. You were not sent for them. You have to be able to identify your crowd as a leader. That's very important. Because then you will waste your glory trying to convince one person when there's five million people waiting for you. Amen? So he was, he knew that, hey, you know what? He did not come for people to follow. He didn't even, honestly, he did not come for people to follow him. Because he said, you know, no. When the, when the, the rest of the 60 left, he's like, do you guys want to follow as well? Do you guys want to leave as well? So he knew that there was a possibility they could have left, and he would have still stick to the, to, to the mission because he was called. He was called before the beginning. So he knew, okay, I was called to do something. I have to stick to that plan. So Jesus says, you know what? I did not come here for you guys to, for you to serve me, but I came so that I can serve you. With the abilities and the gift that the Father gave me. The Father gave me gifts, so I want to give that gift back unto you. Even the scripture says, you know, freely receive, freely he gave that. Everything he received from the Father, he gave it right back out. He was serving that. He was giving wisdom. He was giving love. He was giving humility. He was serving. He was washing their feet. He was eating with them. He was training them. He was teaching them. He didn't expect nothing from them. In fact, some of them he knew that we're, gonna, we're going to betray him. He said, no, I came to serve. So whether you betrayed me, or whether you believe in me, whether you even accept what I have to give you, it has nothing to do with me. It takes a level of humility to do that, right? So when we talked about servant leaders, the two together is pretty much this. Focusing primarily on growth and, and, and well-being of people. A servant leader is all about growing and the well-being of others. They want others to grow. They want to see communities develop. The servant leaders share powers. You know, like there are some people, like, and I, I can honestly say this about this ministry. We are indeed Wu-Tang Clan. <laughs> we are indeed Wu-Tang. It's all about sharing powers. Hey, you know what? It doesn't, what is it going to look like? You know, what's the purpose of me making it to the top? Let's all make it to the top together. That's a sign of true, what? Leadership. That's a sign of true serving leadership. 
one that, hey, you know what, let's share this together. Let's share the stage. Yes, I, I know I could do it by myself, but what is, you know what, what's the blessing out of that? Let's all share that glory together. Amen? It's those are those that see others first. Some, some people just love to see others make it to the top. That is, that is a true sign of a servant leader. One that is, hey, you know what, I'm going to give you, even if I can't make it, but I'm going to do whatever it, it, I need to help you to get there. Hopefully, if you, if you make it there, if you pull me, great. If you don't, I'm still going to continue doing what I, what, I, what I was called to do. Amen? I hope you look back and say, you know, hey, let me pull you back. But some don't do that. But because your heart is to serve, hey, that's fine. Hopefully, the, fifth, the, the hundredth person would eventually pull me. Because sometimes, you know, there are times, um, one thing I've learned is to not do things expecting from the person you did it for to do it in return. Because you'll be disappointed. <laughs> you can be very disappointed. And start, you know, you know, these people. The best thing is to just serve. Look every assignment just like another assignment. I'm going to pull you up. And I have no expectation. If you pour back into me, great. If not, hey, I'm going to pull another one. Per you, I mean, you're pulling. That's like, you know, you know, 120. Oh, you know what? Hopefully you stick around. 200. Hopefully you stick around. Hopefully you give back. And if not, it's fine. Because your blessings is through your servitude. Your blessing is through your servitude. Is you laying down, is putting your life on the line just to pull others. But that is a sign of a servant leader. Amen? A servant leader trusts others' talent and push them to their greatest potential. Do we see that here? It's being able to see a person's potential. Oh, man, okay, you can do this. This is great. Let me see how I can help you get, make, make it to the very top. And, but you know the truth about that? That is all our jobs. That is all our jobs. That is not McKinley, Apostle McKinley. It's not Dr. Hardy. It's not myself. It's not Shanika. It's not Serena, it's not Kina, it's not any of it. It's all our jobs. You, you see that person walked in that door? You have a conversation. Hey, how are you? How's your family? How's things in your life? Man, what do you do? Oh, how can I help? Do you need any help? You see that family member of yours. You see that they have potential to, do, to be the next big thing. But sometimes, just because we didn't do it, we didn't make it, we didn't develop to the fullness, we don't want to see other people get or past us. No. You see that potential, just pull that person. Serving your ability, because your greatest gift is to serve. Do you know some people's gift is just to serve? I hear uh, Shanika says, I know, and it's interesting because the, the whole week I, I had her in mind. Because every time I would call Shanika and I'm like, hey, you know what, uh, can we do this, can we do this? And she was like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great. And for me, I have a heart, like I, 
I'm still learning how to receive from people. Because I feel like I'm always should be on the other side. So when a person does just the smallest thing, I'm like, man, that is awesome. But then I find a person that is just like me. She's like, oh, my God, you know what? No, I'm just happy to serve. I'm like, man, you spent all this time. That was hours of work. I'm just happy to serve, Brother Kirby. And it really, and I can see the genuine, I could, I, you, you could see the, um, the sincere in that. So um, it, it really takes, there are some that are just have a heart to serve. And you seeing a person in need is just, hey, I see that potential. Let me pull you up. I see that, oh, yo, man, this young lady has so much potential. Quite often, uh, my wife does that a lot. Um, like, she's always, like, I'm like, you know, you can't, you can't sponsor all these kids here because we need money. <laughs> she's always like, man, okay, I want to sponsor such and such. I want to su do such and such. And I'm like, okay, that's great, you know. But, you know, <laughs> but it, the beauty about that is seeing a potential in a person and say, you know what, let me be that, let me drop that first seed. Because a lot of time we, bad, we drop bad seeds. We can hurt someone. We can say, well, man, no, nobody in your family ever done that. That is a seed. Why don't you drop a different type of seed? Or oh, no black girls ever reach that level. No black boys ever, you know, no, no black boys swim. You just, <laughs> oh, there's like five million basketball players already, you, you know. Uh, it's, it's, no, drop a good seed. Man, how can I help you? You know what? Can I pay that coach for you? Do you need some extra training? Can I sow a seed? Can, how can I help you? Or just say, you can do it. If you don't have money, we don't always have to drop money. You can do it. That is enough. I promise you, they will get to that to the, to the highest level, and before you know it, they're like, oh my God, I remember I, in my early days, right as they taken the receiving that award, I remember when I was 12, there was this young lady that told me in my church that I could do it. She believed in me more than I believed in myself. Those are the seeds we can drop. We can all, you know, we can switch the, uh, the gear. Instead of just, just go sit down somewhere. Just, but be a good example, you know? Especially in, in, the, in, in the arena of ministry, because when people are walking in, they're coming in in this building, people have just been so hurt. You don't know the last 10 years of their life what they went through. And this is the final stop. This is literally the final stop. If, doesn't, if this doesn't work, then the whole God thing is, is done for them. So you want to be a good seed. You want to drop a good seeds in people's life. Amen? Amen? Let it be that when they get home, it's like, oh, my God, okay. Uh, I didn't want to come back to church. But, you know, I thought church was over for me. You know, people have been church hurt. I thought church was over for me. But, you know what, man, okay, I think there's a, this ministry. I think this young lady, you know, I, you know, I didn't get a chance to talk to everybody else. But this young brother, this young lady, the pastor, he just waved at me. I've nobody ever done that. This young lady actually came and said hello and asked me about my family, asked me how I could, they could help me. Those are good seeds we can drop in the body of Christ. Amen? In Matthew 20, uh, 25 to 28, he said to them, my cup you shall drink. No, no, I'm sorry. 
25. But Jesus called them to himself and said, you know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord over them and the great men exercise authority over them. It is not this way among you. But whoever wishes to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever wishes to be first among you shall be your slave. Just as a son of man did not come to be served. And the thing, the beauty about this thing that I love is Jesus told them that The rulers of the Gentiles, because at the time he was talking about a world, the Gentiles, they were not believers. This is how they do things. It's like the rule of the Gentiles. It's actually very funny, but I love it. The rulers of the Gentiles, the people of the world at the time, lord over them. And their great men exercise authority over them. So when you're in a position, you just just about controlling people, the Father's pretty much telling you, okay, this is how the world operates. But as a true, if you're going to mimic my image, if you're going to do like I do, you serve people. And servitude doesn't necessarily mean not to get to receive order. I just want to make sure that we're correct with that. Because the Father has assigned people in your life to lead you, to guide you, especially in the, and, and the Father has placed in the church arena, the Father has given us the firefold. He gave us parents, amen? He gave us people. So the concept of lordship or rulership is manipulation. But there are people that are sent to train you so that you can walk into your purpose. Because we mind you, we've lost our ways. We've lost our ways in, in the beginning at the garden. We lost our ways. So now we have to be trained again. So he will assign people. He will assign pastors. He will assign leaders in your life to not to trick you, not to manipulate you, not to control you or however you may receive it, but to lead you, to guide you, to train you to become the next leader because it's in you. Amen. Everything that the father called you to do is already in you. You just need somebody to sharpen it, to, to bring it out of you. Amen? It's been suppressed. So he placed people in our lives. What we're doing right now, that's part of it. When apostle teaches, he's bringing that leaders out of you. He's bringing that, that, that ruler. He's bringing that dominion out of you for you to dominate the world. We're not tricking you into doing anything. <laughs> we're not trying to control you to do nothing. <laughs> We're not trying to do mind control. That's what the witches does. <laughs> That's what the world does. No, we literally assigned by God to help pull that out of you. Amen? He says the rulers of the world, that's what they do. But this is not what we do. He says, you know what? He, if you want to be the greatest, serve but earlier on the verse, it says something that was quite fascinating that I truly, truly love. Um, it was about the mother of the, of the sons of Zebedee. It's a very quite interesting story. I really, really love it. She, talks, she was telling Jesus, hey, you know what? Hey, <laughs> she bowed down to, you know, at his feet and says, you know what? 
can you have my son, one of my son on your left, and run on your right? Can they be ruling with you? She was trying to buy her way in. <laughs> but Jesus told her something. She said, you know what? My cup you shall drink, but to sit on my right and my left, it is not mine to give. But it is for those whom it has been prepared by the Father. You know what I get out of this? Many times we're trying to be in a position that the Father did not place us in. So he was saying that, hey, you know what? I... As far as who the father put on my right, on my left, that is not up to me. But yes, you're going to drink that cup. Because if you're going to reign with me, you're going to have to suffer with me as well. You're going to have to go through your own suffering. So don't worry about that. <laughs> you're going to have your own moments of, 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 of trials and error. But a lot of time, people are trying to buy their way in a position that the Father did not call you in. You're trying to sit in a position that the Father did not place you. You are perfectly fine right where you are. If the Father called you to braid hair, that's all you need. You do not, you do not need to have a mic. You do not need to be singing. You are anointed to braid those hair like nobody else can. To sit in that right on that left, you don't need that. You are sitting on that right and left in your position, in your, in, in your department. Amen? Because many times we're trying to buy our ways into sitting in a position where the Father did not anoint you. And then by the time you get there, you're so frustrated. He's like, you know what? No. If it's the, the, the cup that you want to drink, you're going to drink it. Because we all go through things, trials in life. Nobody's escaped. <laughs> However, as far as sitting in a position that my father did not place you, that's not, I don't do that. I will, I'm not going to be the one to place you on my right or my left because that's not what the father assigned me. He just sent me on a mission. As far as who he placed, who he called to do a certain things, he does that. He make that position. He, he does that. So it brings me to a place of understanding a lot of time. We are sitting in a position, we are trying to acquire or trying to sit in a place that did not, the Father did not call you. Amen? So we have to be extremely careful, you know, because sometimes things look pretty, but there is a burden that comes with a certain, uh, certain things. I'm going to skip down just a little bit because there's a scripture that I really, really love. And James, James talks about where... We all to be very careful. Let me read it, in fact. It said James 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers. Because a lot of time, many of us wants to be teachers. Many of us wants to be a certain, do a certain things. He says, not many of you should become teachers, my brothers. For you know that we, we, I'm sorry. For you know that we who teach will be judged with a greater strictness. So there's a certain position you, because it may look beautiful in the eye, or just, it looks nice. But I would advise you to stay right where the Father called you to do. Stay right where he called you to be at. 
Don't go after the fame and the, and, and the shining and, and, and the glam and all that kind of stuff. There is a price that comes with that. There is a price, there is a level of sacrifice that comes with that. There is a level of, 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 of discipline that comes with that. There is a level of a fire that comes with that. You may not even want, you, you may not want because you didn't, that's not the grace. He didn't give you the grace to, to deal with five million people cussing at you, saying, calling you out of your name. But it looks nice. It looks really, really nice. On paper, but not in reality. I promise you, I was coming, I'm like, Dr. Hardy mentioned that recently uh, about, oh my God, how she was just talking about how the level of, the, the, the mind, the, the level of pressure, there we go, that it takes to teach, because she was teaching last month for a whole month, and I'm like, okay, well, it is, it is, it is, there is a pressure, so that's why I really, really, I acknowledge Apostle, um, and to definitely honor, honor him for the, for the task that the Father has called him. And again, we all called to do certain things, but it takes a lot. It takes a lot, you know. If the Father don't give you the grace to do a certain thing, just stick to what he called you. Father, what do you want me to do? I'll stick to it. Many times I said, Father, you know what, can I just go back to do music? <laughs> because it flows faster, <laughs> easier. But if I'm being honest, it's not, a, you know, it's in any department or any area, any areas in your life that the Father called you. Being an attorney is not easy. Not many people have the ability to spend that many time to study. Being an artist is not easy. To, to keep your voice in shape, like Shanika, be, Shanika and Serena be bursting out those notes, it is not, it looks easy because the grace is in there. So they don't even, they don't even know, like they just like, hey. But I tell you that if you were to try to do that, you're gonna crack your throat. <laughs> you're gonna mess up your muscle. You're gonna lose your voice for a whole month. Stick to what the Father has grace you to do and you're gonna be so great at it you're gonna dominate so much at it you're gonna the world gonna see you in a whole different level that nobody can because he equipped you for that amen he equipped you for it so nobody can take that he's for you nobody can be against you there's a way when you do something only you can do that others can try to mimic it mm-hmm if he calls you to flip burgers, only you can flip burgers that way. Others can flip those burgers. It's not going to taste the same way. I'm telling you. I am telling you. So it is just fine to stick to the things that he called you to do. Amen? Because a lot of time it comes, it deals with identity. Because a lot of, Jesus knew his identity. So he, was, he never had any question as far as where he should be. He was right where he was supposed to be. Hey, you know what? I didn't sent to do this. So don't try to remove me off my, you know, off my track. No, my food is not for the Gentiles at the time. I'm not going to give it to you. That woman was asking for food. No, no, no. Mm -mm. That's not, you're not part of my assignment. I'm not, a, I'm not anointed for you. I was not anointed for you. Amen. 
So I say that to say it's very, very, very important. We have to be extremely important because we are sometimes trying to waste our time in a position that is not even for you. Like, you man, okay, I have to do this. I have to, okay, I got to do this. You know, everybody, it looks good. Everybody are doing it. So I'm going to start that business. I'm going to start, you know, um, I'm going to start that. I'm going to start cooking. <laughs> I think a pastor mentioned recently, if you go in Atlanta, there's so many chicken places. There's so many chicken restaurants. But I tell you, a lot of time it's because a lack of identity. So when people don't know who they are, they don't know who they are in Christ. They don't know what they're predestined to be. They just do the next thing that makes sense. Okay, well, that's the trend in this season. Okay, let me just do it. No, we're not trend people. We are predestined people. Amen? I don't flow with the trend. No, I flow with what the Father predestined me. He called me to do this. If he called me to preach, then he's going to favor me and send favor, open doors for that to take place, to elevate. Amen? I don't have to try to do what everybody else is doing. Amen? But there's also an aspect of, in, 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 in leadership, we also have a different position. We call it positional leaders. Positional, positional leaders are pretty much those that trying to, like I was saying earlier, that trying to force people into doing a certain things because they don't have any passion for others. They don't have any passion about serving. Positional leaders are, positional leaders do whatever they need to do to get the outcome regardless. They will do whatever they need to do. They will step over people. Sometimes you see a lot of people, that's why I'm always careful about when people say that they make it, because you don't know how many people they step over. How many people they lied on? How many people they throw it under the bus just to make it there? But then when, you know, you see they are up there and then they shining and rise. No. You need to know their character. You need to know who they are because many times that might be, there's a lot of people that might lose, you know, lost a few opportunities because that person, they did whatever they need to do to get there. Positional leaders seek to control. They seek to serve the bottom line. Pretty much is they only serve a certain people. Positional leaders demonstrating respect only to some. They only respect a certain people. If they can get it back, okay, I'll respect you. If you're on their side, okay, I'll respect you. But if you're not on their side, then... They don't stand for you. And that's why Jesus was saying that you know that the rulers of the Gentiles, that's why he said it. He said that the rulers of the Gentiles, they just, um, they lord over their people. In this concept, he wasn't talking about the Lord as in, in a good regard, as in, as in a leader, but it was more lording, controlling them to do things just for their own pleasure. Exercise authority over them that, you know, like in many times he even talks about that with the Pharisees. He's like, hey, you guys are not going in and you are blocking people from going in. <laughs> y'all are not in your destiny. Y'all blocking other people from walking in their destiny. 
You missed it, so I'm going to stop everybody else from <laughs> receiving it. I've seen that. There are people sometimes, hey, you know what, if they, they feel like they feel like they, okay, they run out of time, okay. They were, they, in their early stage in life, they just did everything. They wilding out. And then now in the late, you know, the, <laughs> the late 60s, they're like, you know what, they are extremely bitter. So they will stop every young person that have a passion that's trying to do something good. I'll just sit down somewhere, all that, talking about business or talking about you're going to start a podcast, talking about doing good things, talking about, yeah. You are called, you have a dream, you have destiny. Go sit down somewhere with that. Reason being because they either they didn't walk in their calling or they waste their life away and then by that time they missed it. No, but in fact what you're really supposed to do is, hey, I didn't make it. In fact, honestly, if you, in true honesty, there's always time. We always, until we're breathing, until we're alive, there's always an opportunity for us to make it. Until you're breathing, there's always an opportunity. The Father has a way of restoring time. Amen? But however, while you are in that season, bring somebody else. Man, you know what? I didn't make it. This is the, those are the mistakes that I make in life. Those are the mistakes. Those are the things that I should have done, but I didn't do because I didn't have the right support. Let me pull you up. But they were literally trying to block the gate, <laughs> like the Pharisees, blocking from people from coming to the knowledge of who they are in Christ. You're preaching. You say, hey, you know what? No, we're trying to reveal God as a father. Oh, yeah, go, 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 go sit down somewhere with that. Because you didn't know him as a father, then you don't want nobody else to know him? That is a problem. <laughs> Amen. That is a problem. If you don't know, ask. What do you mean? What do you mean God is a father? Okay, I've known him as God, but I don't know him as a father. What does that mean? And that's why we have so many issues at time in the body of Christ. Because people would stand in one place and, okay, this is how we always do it. 20 years later, 50, 100 years later, this is the, this is the truth. In reality, you, if you're looking at it, you're looking at the people. If you're looking at the body of Christ, uh, maybe that's not the real truth because it hasn't fully been working. People still don't know their identity. People still are not walking in their purpose. People are still not walking in who God called them to be. People still, there's still a lack of identity, identity crisis. So maybe we need to, to switch that. But thank God he has called us. A divine generation to reveal that, to break those barriers and let the, the people in. Amen? Let the people in. Hallelujah. To close, we're going to read uh, John 13. I think I'm doing pretty good on time today, right? Hey, I think so, I think. <laughs> John 13, verse um, 14 and uh, 17. I love this. Jesus uh, was saying this. He was demonstrating to the disciple. And remember his calling, his assignment was to reveal to us. He came for first so that we could, okay, this is like a perfect example for us to follow. So he was demonstrating. So he was, saying, he was pretty much telling the disciples, so if I, 
your Lord and teacher. And he called us Lord because we're conforming into him. He is the head. Amen? So if he's the head, him the head, and we are following him, we are becoming like him, we are mimicking him. He's saying, okay, you know, this is, this is how to do it. If I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. And he was pretty much demonstrating an act of humility because that's pretty much what servitude is. Serving, to serve a person, to serve others, it takes a high level of humility. Where it's not about you, it's about somebody else. Amen? I have set you an example so that you should do as I have done for you. Truly, truly, I tell you, no servant, amen, is greater than his master. Nor is a messenger, let's read it together, greater than the one who sent. If you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Amen? Honestly, we really stop right here. Because <laughs> the thing is, he's pretty much demonstrating. He says, you know what? If me, as your Lord, it's like, in, our, in any household, in your household, if I, your father, this is what I'm doing, if I walk in one leg, you should not walk in two. <laughs> if I'm eating with one hand, you should not eat with two. If we wake up every morning at 5 o'clock to pray, we, you should not wake up at 10 o'clock. Because... My ultimate job, I was sent simply to demonstrate, because you don't know. So I, I was sent to simply demonstrate to you how to do this. Amen? So if I, your Lord, is demonstrating humility, servitude, what do you are to do? Do the exact same thing. If you say that I'm your Lord, you are growing to become like me. You got to do the same thing. So a lot of time we have to understand our role. Like, and I think it's often it can be a misunderstanding either of spending enough time in the word or spending enough time to him, with him, where we fully come to the full knowledge of Christ. Because there's a lot of things that often I believe we do. We claim that it's of him or God told us it is definitely not, not him. I don't know what voice you heard because he doesn't speak like that. Tit for tat. They told me this, I got to give them that. When he says no, that's not how he demonstrate love. If I'm your leader, I say to serve because that is the greatest of all. Then what are you to do? If I called you, it doesn't matter if you become the next CEO of a 600 <laughs> company. If you become the next biggest thing, it doesn't matter. I called you. Me, as your Lord and Savior, I'm telling you, you still have to humble yourself and serve to the people. It doesn't matter what, what, what level you achieve in life, I'm calling you to serve. You will never go beyond servitude. Your accolade will never go beyond servitude. It doesn't matter what you do, what you achieve in life. It will never go beyond servitude. 
You will never be too great where you don't have to pray. You will never be too big where you don't need to fast with everybody else. You will never be too awesome, too great where you don't have to come to church. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, for, the, that's, that's for them. No, that's, that's for them. No, yeah, they, that's, that's for them. I, I'm good. I don't do, you know, weekly services. I don't do, uh, you know, that's, no, I'm busy. We got to be very, very careful. You will never be too big in your life where you don't need to fellowship, where you need to do the things of God. And that's why the word says, seek first. It doesn't matter what you have going in your life. Seek first the kingdom and, and righteousness. So if we're talking about righteousness, it doesn't matter. I do not care if you have, if you have only, if you have, to, if you have to work for 20 hours. And you only have that one hour. And the Father understands. But within that one hour, you better get in your word. You, you better divide it in four. I'm going to fast for one, <laughs> 30 minutes. I'm going to study the word. I'm going to pray. I'm going to do all of that in this. Because you just gave 20 hours to something else, to, to somebody else. But then I'm telling you that to seek me first, you're mimicking me. This, that I have, this is the way to do it. So you didn't mind giving 20 hours to the world. To your agenda, to the things that you have, your, your busy schedule. Yes, I know your busy schedule more than any, in, anybody else. But you didn't mind. You did not mind. But yet, you can't spend one minute with me. What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing, you know? So we have to be extremely careful with when we say and we hear that God, the Father, speak, speaking to us. Yes, we probably heard his voice. Sometimes we can misinterpret his voice. So, if I, your Lord and teacher, let's, let's give it a couple examples. Did Jesus wake up early in the morning to pray? <laughs> Did Jesus fast for 40 days? I don't know. I can't remember. Okay, okay, that's good. <laughs> Did Jesus study when he was 12? Wasn't it always fellowshipping with the, with, with the disciples, with, 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 with others? So what are we doing? Did he not give? He gave too many tongues. He gave his life. He gave. So if we're saying that we're mimicking, but this is what the word says. If I, your Lord and teacher, I've washed your feet. So I'm showing you, I have set an example so that you should do as I have done. He says that, hey, you say you love me, you love me, but you don't do what I said. What kind of love is that? What are we demonstrating? So we have to be careful and ask the Father, you know, Father, I'm in a place where I feel like uh, I'm kind of just unbalanced. I need I need your strength. We can always pray for strength. The word says that Jesus, when he was in the wilderness, after being tempted, that the angel came and strengthened him. They came and strengthened him because he needed that extra strength. He demonstrate leadership. He demonstrate every aspect of leadership. So that we can easily mimic him 
If we say we're going to lead people, if we say we're going to demonstrate, if we say that we are standing on a foundation of Christ, this is how the foundation, this is how to operate, then we ought to do what he does. That's what we were talking about last week. On a foundation, you're built on that foundation. You don't bring your own rules. I know that may sound a little harsh, but that's the truth of it. You don't change the rules according to how you feel to make it fit your own agenda. You join and then you do what the foundation the, 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 the how the, the foundation said it in his foundation he says yes if you're gonna serve you're gonna have to do what I do you're gonna have to love people you're gonna have to be patient you're gonna have to lead people with kindness and humility you're gonna have to treat people like yourself you're gonna have to literally serve your gift to people you're going to have to lose yourself so you can gain the kingdom. Hallelujah. Let's stand up real quick and, uh, so we can pray together. But I just want to share this real quick. Uh, it shows tens. There is a ten characteristic of servant leaders. I'm just going to call them out. As a great servant leader, you, are ha you have to be a great listener. You have to have empathy. You have to be a healing. Healing meaning before you can lead, you, can, you have to heal your own issues. Because then you're going to start bleeding all over people. You have to be aware. Awareness. Persuasion. Conceptual. Foresight. Commitment to grow, commitment to the growth of the people. Because a lot of time, you know, and I love when Paul says that I will labor with you until Christ is forming you. We have to be patient with the people that the Father placed in our lives, in our circle, in our family, in our community, with your spouse, with your children. We have to be patient with them because the Father called you to lead them to, to that, that is your first assignment. And many times we want to, to lead to do great things, but we're not even faithful in the smallest things. The word says if you're faithful in small things, if you can lead your family great, then I can give you a great ministry. It says building community. That's the tenth one. If you can lead other, if you can lead yourself, then I can put you in an environment to lead other people who are you leading this morning who are you serving this morning because that's your first that's your first assignment that's your first training most of the time we don't want to train with small things if if the smallest training most of the time the beginning of training is right where you are serving right where you are if the if 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 you are called to the seven mountain, which we all are to some extent. If you are called to, do the, to, to be the next big thing, even if, whatever you can't even imagine, you know that's what the Father called you to do. I promise you he's going to first tell you to start cleaning that bathroom. And often we kind of you know, overlook that, oh, no, 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 this, there's no way bathroom and a billion-dollar company can connect. There's no way me starting the greatest organization in the world to help other people 
connects with that. There's no way me becoming a wife or a husband requiring me to work with the little kids. No, this, no, this can't, no, it, it doesn't make sense. This can't match. No. If he's going to tell you, he's, he's going to send you that, the, the, the men of your dream, he's probably going to tell you, you know what, start serving, start cleaning up the church. If apostle tell you, hey, you know what, can you just bring some water for me? That is because you start serving. Because he sees there is a deficit in you. You probably didn't have that training. You probably need to humble yourself. Sometimes we don't know that because humility. Humility is important. If he's going to tell you to do that, that smallest thing, that oh, man, this is nothing. No, it is something. The father told you to do it. He's training you to be. He's training you to humble yourself, to serve that person you may not even like. He's calling you to that great business, whatever that you think, whatever that is in your heart right now, look at it. If you close your eyes, I promise you there is something else that, that you are overlooking the Father's telling you to deal with, to serve in that area. That is the beginning. That's the training that you need for that next step. That is the training. If you call, if you waiting for that person, for that opportunity to take place, it's because there is an area in your life that Father says, you know what? Okay, I need to train you. But you keep missing on that training. You keep missing, you keep failing that class. I'm telling you to show up on time. I'm telling you to give yourself to somebody else's. The word says when you give yourself to somebody else's, what happened? Then he'll give you your own. How do we miss that? How do we keep missing those things? I think I know why. Because often they don't look pretty. Because often they don't look like it makes sense. Because our ways of seeing things is completely different from his ways. The father called me to be the next superstar. I'm supposed to be singing with 10,000 people right now. No. Sing with every Wednesday, there's probably three people here. That's it. There's three people here. Oh, my God, I give the greatest show. I feel like on Wednesday, my voice works even better. <laughs> I got Renee and the whole team backing up. And, and it is very true because sometimes we can easily overlook that. It makes sense. Why not? You know, sometimes it, it, it can make sense. Okay, you know what? I, if I have to be here, just two people, and the Father's calling me to really do this, oh, you know what? Okay, let me just stay at home. Let me study. Sometimes we'll give an excuse. Oh, you know what? Let me just watch some videos about training. No, this is the training that you need right now. It has nothing to do with your voices. You just need to, you need, you're, there's a lack of humility. When you need your voice to be better, he's going to tell you. But right now, he just, no, you just need to work on humility. But how is that going to connect? How is humility connect with me bringing water every, you know? How is me singing connect with me bringing water? He knows. Serving. You can serve the same way you're serving. The same level of humility it requires for you to serve is the same level you will serve that gift to others. When you're going to sing, you're going to serve. You're, gonna, you're not going to be like, okay, once you become such a superstar, oh, okay, you know what? I don't even have to come to the show. I've seen it many times. 
like where artists get really, really big and then they start, the people that helps them get there, now they're looking down on them. Uh, like, uh, you know, they show up whenever they want. They cancel the show whenever they want. People travel all over, you know, from, you know, people travel, they pay hotels and all that kind of stuff, but there's no gratitude because they're so high now. So we have to be that same humility. If you're faithful in that way, you come every Wednesday. If you're faithful while there is only two people here, you still come and serve like if it was 10 million people here. I promised you, I guarantee you. I guarantee you. If you cannot deal with two people here, when 20 people come, start coming here with all kinds of spirit, all kinds of stuff on them, you're going to have problem. Our job is not to calling out people, it's to help them, to serve them, serve their gift. If they need inner healing, we serve that. Amen? We serve deliverance. That's all we do is serving. We're not putting nobody out, you know, in the blast. We don't do that. We're just serving. You know, we can serve two. I promise you he's going to send 2,000. We serve that 2,000, he's going to send 20,000. We serve that 20,000, he's going to send 200,000. Just continue serving them. The same system, the same foundation, the same love. Amen? Let's pray together. Let's pray. Just activate your tongue. Heavenly Father. Father, we thank you for your love and your mercy. Father, we thank you that the more and more, Father, we come to acknowledge that when we practice humility and humbling ourselves, Father, you are able, Father, to lead us and take us to the next place. Father, you gave your son. You gave your only son, Father, because you care so much. Because you just simply want to serve us. You simply, Father God, you love us so much, Father. You intentionally want us, Father God, to get back on track to our original plan. So, Father, in this moment, Father God, we release, Father God, your spirit of servitude, Father, in the heart of your children. We release, Father, the spirit of humility, Father, in divine generation. We release, Father, your love. We release, Father, your servitude to serve, Father, because that is what Jesus came to demonstrate.